I'm Connor Falk. I want to thank you for being here. I'm excited to have you here today because we're going to talk about a manner of different things. It's going to be sports. It's going to be movies, some television. I think we'll jump into some food. This podcast is about everything you love to think about and listen to when you're either bored and say it in class or you live in Los Angeles like myself and my, my guest is coming up and you know the traffic's going to be awful or you're playing video games or you just don't want to talk to your or listen to your girlfriend or boyfriend. So hopefully we can fill some time for you in a witty and informational way and add some value to your day. As I said, my name is Connor Falk. You sound us at SoundCloud.com, MyWTF Show, Facebook.com, MyWTF Show. We're on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Play.it. Now I want to get to the important part of the show. I have my guest for today, J.P. Ramirez. Important, he says. Important guest. J.P. Ramirez, educator, coach here in the Santa Clarita Valley. Uh, J.P., we've known each other for a long time. Excited to have, I'm fucking excited to have you on the show, man. I know. You make me sound official when you do all that. Well, you are, you are pretty official. Wow. Like, I mean, you have an official shirt on right now. If you can't tell, this guy's wearing a collar shirt that makes him look like an important person. Uh, maybe you're just really prepared for this podcast. I feel like you're here and you have something to say. What do you want to say? I just... It's just that I came straight from work. Oh, okay. You came straight from work because you didn't have time. Okay, well, hey, for anybody working right now, I come straight from work, someone you can relate with. So first thing we're going to get into, you know, summer's almost over, starting the fall movie selection. We talk about movies on the show. First thing I want to ask, JP, what was your favorite movie this summer? Yeah, we were talking about movies before. Um, I think, you know, to be honest with you, as I think back on it, I think there was one movie you got out to see this summer, Jurassic World. It was a, it was a good it was a good watch, but I, I'm going to confess to you, I didn't get out to see the movies that I really, really wanted to see. Okay, well, some background, not only an educator and a coach, you're actually a father of two as well, so you're just a straight-up real adult with responsibility. Yeah, it's so. hard to get out of the house. Ex- exactly, so dad time. So Jurassic World was the only thing you had to watch, but I do know that you're an avid TV watcher, so that's something we're going to jump into. Yeah. But speaking of Jurassic World, I have to tell you, man, I mean, I thought it was pretty good, but wasn't it just... Jurassic Park, like redo, right? It was a, it, but that, I feel like that was the beauty of it, Connor. It was in, it was a reboot. Yeah, what they call a reboot. It was a reboot with this, which they needed. So some of the same characters were, were very similar, and then you had a new guy like Chris Pratt, who I think you said was what he said. He's uh, he's, he's so, so hot right now. He's so hot right now. Hansel is so hot right now. Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec. I actually got to bump him when I worked with him on Parks and Rec. He was a nice guy. Mugatu. So, Mugatu. <laughs> it needs to be at least five times bigger than this. Anyway, Zoolander 2, check it out in theaters. So speaking of Jurassic World, I mean, for me, it was just Jurassic Park. And what do you think, man? Yeah, that's, that's what I was telling you before. I think I, what I liked about it so much was that um, it brought back the magic uh, from the first. You know, the second one was kind of a continuation story, right? Yeah. And you've seen the third, obviously. Another continuation story. So it's kind of the same characters and stuff. They, I feel like they played that line as far as it go. I like that they went back and said, this is a whole new line. It's kind of like what they're doing with um, The Walking Dead. But Absolutely. We'll, we'll g- From the reading and everything. And I'm glad you said that because the literature, if you think about it, Jurassic Park was a book before. Right. And I know that you, interestingly enough, have a have a pass with that. You read the book before the movie came out. Yeah, yeah. I had um, I'd actually read the book in seventh grade. I didn't read it. My teacher read it to us every day in class. Okay. It was a cool experience, man. For like a month straight at the end of class, she would just bust out the book and and uh, give us that vivid imagery. And I, you know, I read a lot as a kid. I know. Okay. I don't. I wasn't a nerd or anything. Don't no. give me that look. <laughs> hey, reading's good, man. Yeah, I did. I read a lot. I I read a lot uh, as a kid, and that book really intrigued me. And then we were able to go out and see the blockbuster movie, the Spielberg version, right after. You know, and it was. Were you disappointed or were you excited? Was it better than you thought it would be from the book, I, or what do you think? You, I don't. You know, I don't know how young a kid you were. I was pretty young when Jurassic park came out the first time it was yeah. ultra i mean that that was big it was out there it was the highest grossing film of all time right and now this one most likely has a chance to become that as well so you know who's smiling right now not michael Crichton, unfortunately rest in peace the tallest author of all time at six seven a little fact for you listeners it's steven spielberg 
Yeah, that's executive crazy. producer, executive producer of all the Transformers, all these billion dollar franchises. I mean, Steven Spielberg is, has to be the happiest man in America. I don't even know why he works anymore. Would you work if you were a multi billionaire? No. Just no. go golfing, do fun stuff, maybe do some podcasts with your friends sometimes. Yeah, I would like to do that. But coming back twenty years and just revamping a series like you know, something that was so huge and yeah. you know, being able to replicate that magic I thought was awesome. Well, I think it shows how some things just are cyclical and how things work. You know, twenty years later the same formula worked for a whole new audience and you would think a whole different people might have a different opinion, Mad- but they didn't. Yeah, like Mad Max. At Mad Max exactly. Did you get a chance to watch that? Yeah, uh, I, no, I didn't. Uh, okay, but I thought I, I could tell you from watching Mad Max for me, I thought it was pretty great actually, uh, from what I expected. I didn't expect a lot. Right, I, I, you know, I saw the originals. Obviously, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you're talking about this one, but when I, uh, when I did go back recently and watch the originals, I realized that. Yeah. They're kind of dorky, you know? It's, They're out there. Australian <laughs> pop, you know, kind of action and whatnot. But the first one, an uh, interesting tidbit is that it was $100,000 to make, and it making $100 million made it the highest grossing profit for what it cost of all time, like the most profit right. of any film for like 30 years. You know, it was the, um, I read recently, it was the most expensive movie ever made in Australia at that time. Nice. In 1981. Which to, compared to America would have been super cheap. You can see all the good stuff that comes out of Australia. There's another movie, The Kingdom, and now all of our right. actors who apparently are playing the tough guys come from Australia. It cost them 12 kangaroos. 12 kangaroos and to a get dingo. that. And some, uh, some boomerangs. Okay, getting off topic, we talk about <laughs> international relations sometimes on the show. Australia, if you're listening, maybe we can get you as a guest on the show. Anyways, Jurassic World is pretty much like the book. I want to ask you, they said something interesting about your teacher reading it to you and kind of being animated and kind of selling it and teaching it to you. And I just have to ask, you know, I want to get off, you know, I come from a family of teachers, my right. mother, my father, they all teach now. So was that kind of a reason of why you find yourself as an educator right now? Yeah, you had mentioned that in your uh, illustrious introduction. I do <laughs> teach, I'm a, I'm a, I coach baseball. I love to get in, um, you know, I love to get in there with the kids and make it, uh, make that magic happen. Because I think, you know, like you said, I, uh, I had some magic, you know, I, I realized when I was really young that, you know, some teachers were able to, um, you know, connect with me. Right. Yeah. You know, and that, that level of communication was really uh, impactful. So I feel like I could do that, you know, with kids now. So that's exciting. Well, I think about my life and I think about the teachers in my life and that I have my parents, obviously, who, when I'm not in school are taking care of me and teach me all the lessons of how to be a quality human being. But then during those six hours, seven hours in school, like they're my, they're the mm-hmm. person teaching me lessons mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's a very important relationship. So I have a lot of value for that profession and that genre. And, uh, you know, I- I'm glad that you get to be on the show and do that. I'm not right. surprised at all. We went to college together. You're always a smart individual and I could see you being a guy that teaches us stuff. Right. I, you know, I, I always like to raise my hand and just, you did you like know. to raise your hand and be a part of the discussion i'm always trying, i'm begging for the money which is perfect because the discussion right now we're gonna move to television i know you're a big tv fan yeah it's a show that's been polarizing everyone and no one knows what to think it's the second season of the hit show true uh, detective uh, i mean i liked it everyone was disappointed i thought it was pretty darn good man what'd you think i what did you fucking think oh man you've got me perplexed yeah. all over again okay you know i feel like uh, you know I, I was i had angst i was uptight a little bit about it you know it left me in a it's just, I, I can't describe the state. You can't describe the state. Well, if you want to compare it to the first one, which was completely original, the guy had written a book, a short story about it for a long time before he actually wrote the script. Um, Nick Polarazzo, I think, from Arkansas, they ended up shooting it in New Orleans, but he kind of, it was kind of his childhood in this really dangerous and uh i want to say let's say uh less educated place you know seedy seedy there you go shady shady kind of place that he was from woody harrelson and matthew mcconaughey obviously being friends for 20 years you can tell the chemistry on screen i think that really helped this season i mean who do we have we have colin farrell 
We have Vince Vaughn. We have Rachel McAdams. We have Taylor Kitsch. Who was your favorite character? Well, this is uh, it's interesting you say this. I don't want to go backtrack real quick, but you, we did have it's a, those are all great people that I love individually. Yeah, but, not but I feel like you're right. Yeah, yeah. we met, had mentioned that um, bringing all those folks together. I didn't see that same chemistry as I did with Woody Harrelson and McConaughey. McConaughey. Hey, hey. Um, just because they've, uh, you just could tell that they knew each other, and that cast had a rapport. This one, I just feel like it's so for. There's a lot of forced acting. And the story just didn't resonate with me the way that the first one did. I, I felt like I always knew it was going to happen. Well, I think especially the bromance that was supposed to be occurring that we were supposed to pick up on um, between Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. You know, his buddy, his mm-hmm. ex-gangster buddy, the coach, the cop. You know, we wanted to root for them. They, you know, them even fighting when they had to during the show and, and coming to terms like face to face. They felt bad about it because ultimately they were like the only friend they had in this sad world. Right? I know, I know, and that you know, but I I didn't make that connection with them. I couldn't yeah. connect with Vince Vaughn and uh, you know the. Uh, stroke. I, I don't want to say stroke victim. I said that, and I take it the the lady that the uh, play, lady. I, don't, I don't remember her name. I feel bad for. I that think her last woman. name is Riley. She was in like the Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock movies. Holmes. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of her as well, but uh, uh, yeah, you know. it was it wasn't just her. It was just that the yeah. two of them. Right, they didn't yeah. really drive. I couldn't. I, really the only person I really bought into that I believe the most was Colin Farrell. His whole character, I was kind it's of great. into his story. He's great. Uh, Rachel McAdams, I guess, in her background. Right. No, Colin Farrell's out. best work since Minority Report, and that's saying a lot. That a little, is saying long a lot. time ago. I, it's here on the What the Fuck Show, Golden Globe Academy, uh, Emmys, and all you people who vote those things. Fuck if it's a uh, you know right. America's Got Talent Award, whatever it is, give him something. Hook him up, Colin Farrell. At least a nomination. I bet you'll get a SAG nomination because oh, his peers well, will understand, of course, what he's doing. So that's true, Detective Season Two, and uh, it's no Miami people, Vice. It's no Miami Vice, which actually you like that movie? No, I'm just kidding. okay. Yeah, Miami Vice is pretty it's awful. Horrible. I don't, I don't know what happened, Michael. Man, uh, next thing I would say is that uh, you know, since a lot of people didn't like True Detective, you and I are kind of on a different side. So I want to get your rating. Why don't you go ahead and give me your rating of the first one, which some people think is one of the best seasons on TV ever. Okay. And then go ahead and give me your rating on the second one. I know you being a teacher and grading this is kind of up your alley, so go ahead and give it whatever J.P. Ramirez twist you want well, to. Well, I'm, I'm not going to rate it. I'm going to grade it. Okay. I like to grade. Go ahead and grade. Obviously. Um, so I would give it a, like a percentage first and then equivocate that into, you know, the plus or minus, That's you know, A done. through F score. So if I had to grade the new season, okay, should I grade the old season first or the, okay, let me grade the new season. Do new season first. Just try not to hit your hands on the thing every time you make a point for right now for listeners. They can hear you. Sorry, man. So first season grade. get excited. <laughs> he gets excited. Let's get excited. Tell us about the first season. Uh, first season, I give an A minus. An A minus. So that's a, what, 92? That teacher won't give you to the ninety three, right? It's like a ninety one. It's like a ninety one. Is it ninety two? Still an A minus though, or is it an A now? Yeah, it was an A minus, but I'm saying I would give it a ninety one. Okay, you give and it a ninety one. What about you? Uh, first season, I'll give it eighty eight. What? I think we talked before, and I gave it a B. I'm gonna go to a B plus when I think about how good that show was. Yeah. I, I would tell you if you've watched it on DVD, it was really helpful for me to watch the behind the scenes I each bet. episode because that show is really out there. So like, I needed that to kind of like tell me actually what was going on sometimes. Right. Yeah, it was pretty deep, especially in the first season. You know, so out there in that southern draw and southern like magic and voodoo and all that crap. You know? Yeah, but see, you know, I could make those connections to the supernatural. I felt like well you're a teacher so you should be smarter than me well i don't want you know i just felt like this season the connections were so easy to make it was you know i think i used the analogy uh, before about you know like burying a string in the sand or you know like this series of strings and creating this web right and it's underneath and maybe i don't know it's a net and it's going to catch you and you know all of a sudden um you bury it in sand and you think like okay nobody's going to see this net well if somebody finds one corner and they lift it up 
right? All this rope is going to come through the sand the and, and you're just going to see what was there. And that's how I felt. I felt like the story was, I don't know if that metaphor made sense, but I think it made sense. That was a pretty I, good metaphor right there on the what the fuck show. I, you know, I just didn't feel like it was deep enough. They didn't dig deep enough when they each character, you I know, right, whatever. They did kind of wrap it up a little bit at the end, last few episodes. Like, okay, we got to get this done. Let's go right. ahead and figure this out. So true detective season two, season one for me, 88 season two, my rating, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 72. Oh, really? Yeah. That's that's about where I'm going to be, 72. C minus C. Uh, yeah, C minus, because I felt like you wrote it on the fly. Yeah. Next you season, know? where would you want to see next season? Personally, for me, uh, I want to see like Boston or like uh, Arizona or something. Something that he knows better than California, because I felt like the yeah. story was too. I get that. Absolutely. Okay, so True Detective Season 2 it's on HBO, HBO Go, HBO Now. You're welcome, HBO, for the marketing employee. While I'm saying that, I might as well give myself mm-hmm. one. At SoundCloud.com, show, Twitter.com, show. Find us on Facebook, Play.it, and iTunes as well. JP Ramirez, we just wrapped up, we just wrapped up talking about television. Now we're going to talk about another thing we love, sports. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I oh, thought uh, you right. said something about... You're right. Uh, you have a lot of shows that you watch that I don't know about. Yeah, well, we're so plugging. You you're have doing all kinds of plugs. You're right. Let's do some plugs about the JP TV system. Yeah. How okay. you watch them, what kind of shows you're watching. I'm, I know you have some that I haven't seen, so you can kind of enlighten me. Well, I watched a lot of, I was telling you before, I watched a lot of reality TV. Okay. Okay, so first on my list, like best reality out there, Big John Taffer. What is Big, what? Ba- Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue? Yeah, I'm talking Bar Rescue for you folks out there who don't know what it is. Give it a watch. It's really good television, John Taffer. Um, great, uh, great big fella. A great big fella. He's handsome. I can guy. tell you're excited because you continue to hit the little table here. From I know. What you're talking about. Every time I get excited, I just want to bang it. So I ba- give bar it rescue. Um, I've seen that movie Waiting. I've worked in a restaurant for a few months. Right. So I don't have as much extensive experience as you do, but I know the customer service industry is going to be difficult in any any realm, especially when you're handling food. So the movie Waiting with Ryan Reynolds, just uh, Long, yeah. it's on Netflix. Is that pretty similar it's to the how? Real deal. I wouldn't go, you know. It's not that crazy, but it's pretty similar. It wasn't as crazy as Dane Cook, but it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. That, yeah, that was... I, I worked in a restaurant until a couple months ago, so yeah. So definitely, the, the it's movie-worthy, the stuff you that see, goes down you there. You see some stuff, man. You, you see know? some stuff. Okay, so Bar Rescue, what other kind of shows do you watch? See, this uh, watch, is, uh, I watch... I work on a lot of these reality shows, and yet I've never seen them. Like, The Catch a Contractor, I right. worked on that. I never watched an episode. So. Catch a Contractor, we love that one. Um, we love... Uh, oh, God, I'm so embarrassed to say this. Uh, marriage boot camp reality boot stars camp. like you know i don't it's just it's almost embarrassing like when i actually say it out loud cycle house you know some of the stuff i end up watching but what's cycle house but these are <laughs> this is a sacrifice you have to make when you're a, a you're father married. of two and you're married yeah uh cycle house uh show about spin class that's it it's about you where's know, it at in la it's in an la spin okay. class there's you know it's drama it's just basically a lot of the girls on tinder do spin class so I've met a lot of spin class people. Did you just drop a Tinder plug right now. Hey, girls on Tinder, just be smart and uh, yeah, Tinder Tinder drop on the What the Falk show. Anyways, uh, moving on to the next thing. You talked about Bar Rescue. What is the show that you're? Is there a show like you're excited for? A reality show? Um, yeah, probably Fear the Walking Dead. I haven't mentioned this to you. Okay, um, Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Dead. Walking Dead's coming out. Back to scripted. Let's do it. Okay. okay. Um, Set in L.A., which is really cool. Yeah, and which I thought it's a good spin. It's like the same time period. You know, who knows? Um, you know, by the end of the show, the two groups might meet up. You've got a, um, you know, something that's really hot right now that you can just kind of um, expand on. I think this is the best way they could have done it, is to bring it to a place you know, like Los Angeles where it's going to be, you know, 
shit's gonna go down well, it's, cool <laughs> to, it's cool to see the beginning we didn't get to see how, everything that happened you know like regular people like us at the store and then somebody runs in as a zombie we didn't get to see any of those right. moments from there and a lot of those movies you don't get to see those like 28 days later to me I know they're technically not zombies they're like rage virus but to mm. me that's the best kind of oh, yeah. zombie movie I've ever well, seen the, I saw the creator was saying recently uh, uh, you know I saw the sneak peek probably everybody did this past week um, yeah. on Sunday they released that um, Fear the Walking Dead sneak peek and the guy was saying um, in the other in the other version, The Walking Dead, you didn't see uh, these zombies like when they were amongst the public when they could yeah, fit the in. Yeah, well, no, when they could actually fit into society, where you see a zombie and you're like, hey, you know, they're not all you know decaying flesh from yeah, six yeah. months, you know, or anything like that. So I thought that was a cool idea because you know the idea of tapping someone on the shoulder and turning around and, like they That's look spooky. totally they don't smell like a dead person. That's really spooky. Um, so yeah, I think that brings a new. Um, a new flair to it. Okay, so you talked about Fear the Walking Dead, Bar Rescue, any kind of reality TV lovers out there, these are shows you should check out. Shark Tank. Shark what? Yes, I've been lucky enough. I'm starting my, uh, we'll be finishing our third <laughs> season soon, come August, so please check us out on ABC. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, talking about fear, you're joining a fantasy football season, a league oh, this Lord. year, that I'm happen to be the Lord and Commissioner of. Consider me the fear. Falcon Dark Knight. Are you afraid of what oh, you're about God. to walk into? No, I'm going to bring you some stats right now about my fantasy you're prowess. Bring you some stats. Okay, so before, quick before fantasy football, who's your favorite football team? Why? Rams. Rams. So are we talking like Steven Jackson, and Kurt Warner? Are we talking more like Jim Everett, Deacon Jones, Night Train Lane kind of days? Well, LA not, Rams, I wouldn't say St. not Louis. so far as Deacon Jones. Maybe some Dubault Love, um, some Jim Everett, um, Henry Ellard, Flipper Anderson. Those Eric were Dickerson. my days. Yeah, Eric Dickerson, even that far back. Yeah. Um, big, big guy, fan of the greatest show on turf. Always been, I'm from Fresno. So, um, Central Valley. So we got two guys right here from the San Joaquin Valley. Right. And so Henry Ellis from Fresno. Yeah. Henry Ellis from Fresno met him as a kid and that just kind of, you know, I was like, he's on the Rams. That's, that's my team. So you also connected the cars a lot, just like I am because the cars are from Bakersfield and they always play in Fresno. Oh yeah. So they always transfer up because Fresno people look at it as the bigger Bakersfield. Uh, certainly a place you want to be from as opposed to living it sometimes, but uh, a great place. And I think we were lucky to grow up in a, you know, kind of the blue collar, every man parts of America that give you good character. Right. right? I I definitely wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go volunteering that information. (laughs) Go volunteering. Okay. So um, you're a Rams fan. When asked. Uh, So, you know, speaking of the Rams, they got rookies, you know, we jump into fantasy a little bit here on the what the Falk show we talk a lot about fantasy oh, yeah. i don't know about i don't know about a lot in life i can't tell you much about the economy or apparently if you listen to last episode how robots or or uh, satellites work or uh, what bed spring to buy i don't know those random <laughs> things like that but i know about fantasy football i'm going into my 13th season joseph is about to go into his eighth eighth, eighth. and ninth season i believe and uh, he's a rams fan so my first question is todd Gurley. who is this guy and what about trey mason oh man you're getting deep already i'm you're jumping just into digging it. in there yeah feet first um I like Gurley. Um, we, I think I had mentioned to you before, I like Gurley better than Trey Mason. I, I think because I had this experience with Trey Mason uh, last year, I, I, and I've seen what Gurley can do, right? You've, we've all seen the film. Yeah, in Georgia. Uh, I mean, Heisman hopeful for a reason. You know? Yeah, I feel like he's, he's very explosive. But so is Trey Mason. And, you know, I think uh, running backs are valuable. Right we now. had a 200-yard game. So a guy who had a 200-yard game, you can't just forget that. You know, that's pretty talented in the NFL to have that kind of game. I think it was against the Raiders, but hey, that's, you know, that's not really saying much. Well, I guess. I mean, Riley Cooper careered, and so did Nick Foles. But Nick Foles now on the team. What do you think about him? Do you look oh, him as yeah. an upgrade over Bradford or what? Anytime. Anytime you can replace Bradford, I'm a happy guy. But, yeah, I, you know, my first year in your league, I'm not going to give away all my stuff. So you won't give me your sleepers and stuff right now? No, I'll tell you what I did last year. Okay, why don't you put this? You have the stats here on the What the Falk Show. I want to add right. some stats. You have a, a piece of paper here. It's a common players on the 14 people. on the Okay, and the 
In fantasy football 2014, the teams that made it to the finals, we have a piece of paper here of the players that were most commonly on those teams. Right, and this is just a way for me to make myself look good. Exactly. So you go ahead and print something out from the internet, and you're bringing that to the show. Let me preface this by saying, okay, in the past, okay, I've been in this fantasy league for eight years. It's my ninth season, actually. Okay. Been in fantasy for eight years. Out of the eight years, I have placed top three, five out of the eight. Last three years, third place, second place, first place. Yes, that's right. I won it in 14. That's why I bring in these common players on the 14 finalists. That was the whole point. So there's the reason behind what you're saying. Just want you to know. There's a fucking reason for what you're about to say. So it's common players on 14, uh, 2014 finalists for the ESPN Fantasy Leagues, which obviously pretty big draw, yeah. right? So the percentage of the finalists that owned these players, and there's like 15 players here. Tell us the ones um, you owned. Are over, you know, anybody over 30% owned is, you know, they're common names. That, okay. you, know, you find them. As, so I had, out of these guys, the 15 guys, I had Le'Veon Bell. Of course you did. Odell Beckham Jr., whom I picked up off the waiver wire. Oh, my God. Gronkowski, got him late, had the arm injury. Uh, Got Marshawn Lynch, uh, had Peyton Manning, St. Louis Rams defense, and Jeremy Hill. Now, Jeremy Hill is something I think is really interesting because for me, I look at a guy, I see him as higher rated, for example, than DeMarco Murray. I would take Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I like Jeremy Hill. uh, I almost might take Jeremy Hill over LaShawn McCoy on a new team in Buffalo. I think that second-year guy who had multiple 150-yard games Geo is going to be the guy to the backfield that catches the ball. So when they got Jeremy Hill on first and second down, he's going to be go ahead and scoring and getting a lot of yards. Yes, you might be worried that he won't be getting those third down opportunities, but still, I think he's a top 12 <laughs> running back, and I would take him the ninth through 10th. You see, Connor, pick. it's fluid, okay? It's, I can't stress enough. Um, I actually read a thing <laughs> from Matthew Berry uh, the other day where he's saying, you know— Basically my rival now, the guy I'm competing oh, against God. when it comes to fantasy advice. Jesus, that's, is that what you think is going on? Bring it, Matt. Bring it. Um, he's on another level. Uh, but I I'm love working, it. I I'm just, for it. you know, I'm not saying he's the the be all end all, but he gives you know if you take what he's saying into consideration, I think you're going to be better off. But um, you know, he knows some inside information that obviously all of us would like to know. But he was saying, um, you're not trying to win the league. You're trying to win obviously a series of one week um, one week battles. You know, against whoever your opponent is. If you can score over 95 points, chances of you making the playoffs in your league. Uh, if you can average 95 points throughout the season, it goes up, you know, I think it's 80%. So the point right? of fantasy football you're telling our listeners is to score more points than the, than other, the other team in that given week. But he's saying, don't think of it as a season long thing. Just think what you can do for that particular week, depending on like who, who's on a buy, you know, what, who's playing what defense, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So the strategy goes much deeper. We look at their matchups now. And for example, I, I think of a guy like Tom Brady right now, who because of deflate gate, and I can ask you what you think about that whole situation. Um, to flake it, he's probably going to be suspended a few games. And if yeah. he is, he'll miss the season. So he'll be dropping, obviously, in drafts. For me, I don't know if I want Tom Brady overall or any other quarterback in that division because now we got Dom Kinsu two weeks yeah. on a really good Dolphins defense. Anytime playing in Buffalo in the winter is going to be difficult. You have to look at the schedule. Look at the division. Which division is the easiest? You know, That's why uh, Andrew Luck, I mean, you got to love him. He's playing Tennessee twice. Texans, obviously, is going to be tough, but in, yeah. in Indianapolis, he has a chance. Well, yeah, just speaking of luck, yeah, that's what it takes. It takes a yeah. little bit of luck mixed in there. I mean, you know, sometimes you own seven of these 15 guys or whatever. I think there's 18 here. Yeah. Um, seven of these 15 guys because nobody else wanted them. You didn't even think they were going to do, you know, have the season they did, and then they do. Well, you, you had, know, so. you won the championship and you had, let's say, six players. I lost in the semis by just some fucking disgusting. Oh. act of the fantasy gods leaving Jay Cutler and, and Alshon Jeffrey and should have never happened. Anyways, I guess I'm not bitter about it. Here we go. Uh, players I had, I had Mike Evans. I had St. Louis defense. I had A.U. Lacey. I had, uh, that's it. 
actually. Mm-hmm. Wow. I only had two people on See that, what happens. And I still made it. Yeah, so I guess you had See how four, that stacks up? You had four more, so that's a big difference right there. So why don't you give me maybe a few guys that you're kind of looking at right now in fantasy, kind of underline sleeper guys, and I'm going to go in with a hot five, not five. All right. Back to my fantasy football days in the Matter of Fantasy Football podcast. We're going to do a hot five, not five. So do, do you want to do a hot five, not five right now? I think I want to do your thing first. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll steal your thunder. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's my thunder. Don't take Like it. I said, Gurley, I think he's going to, a lot of people are banking on Trey Mason. I think Gurley. Hold on, let me get my little sheet. A girly girly. Don't make fun of him because of his name. Yeah, right? pretty bad name, dude. It's Don't fun. let him fool ya. <laughs> um, I like also from the Rams. Um, I like Quick. I think uh, what's it, Stephen Quick. Brian Quick. Brian Quick. Yeah. You knew who I meant. I know you meant. Yeah. It's all it's good. embarrassing. I'm a Rams fan. No, no worries. I have to edit that out. That's man. why I'm here, man. Uh, <laughs> like Quick, I think he's going to have a big year. Um, a lot of people are th- uh, saying Kenny Britt, but I think Quick will have the bigger season. Yeah, I get that. Um, Funches looks good. Uh, Ivory, um, you know, and obvious is uh, Alshon Jeffrey. I think. But aren't you know, worried about Ivory now that they have Fitz at quarterback? That he's in a, you know, there's not gonna, they're not going to be able to pass the ball, so everyone's going to know they're going to be running. They're just going to put eight, them, eight in the box. I think the contrary. I think Fitzpatrick's going to be an upgrade from that clown that they had out there getting his face punched. Okay. The Harvard man in the armist rifle thinks he's going to be better than yes. Geno Smith. Clearly. Yes. Whoever that clown was that got punched in the face. Who's your next guy? Um, yeah, I like, uh, I, I think Chris Ivory's going to do, um, really well in that, in that offense because he's going to be the primary back. They just came out and said, you like Chris Ivory. Okay. Well, those are some guys that you like, if you have any that you, uh, remember so far after I do this hot five, not five, let me know. But for the listeners, this is the hot five, not five. I'm going to do this each week, closer and closer to fantasy season. And then weekly, once the season starts. And this tells me the guys that I think you should be looking at that I think are favorable in their matchups as opposed to the guys who I think are not favorable in their matchups. So this is the underrated, this is the hot five, not five, underrated fantasy options. To me, you're going to win your draft in what rounds? Which rounds do you think you win your draft, Joe? Um, Five through eight. Five through eight. Okay. I personally, I think it's like seven through the end of your draft. So these are the guys that I think you're going to get in the later rounds of your draft. They're going to be, help, be able to help you out. So it's mostly a receiver and tight end addition. Each edition will have different people. Number five is Eddie Royal, Chicago Chicago Bears receiver, former Bronco, former Charger. Eddie Royal, I mean, are you a fan of his? What do you think about that pick? I like that pick, but not that much. Caught 90 balls from Jay Cutler a few years ago, your favorite quarterback in the league. Ugh. Does that mean you don't like him? Uh, yeah, I, that means I hate him. Would you rather... <laughs> Jay Cutler's the biggest crybaby in football. Would you, who would you rather buy a pizza for, Jay Cutler or Sam Bradford? Uh, why do you have to? Why do you keep bringing up all the guys I hate? It's funny. I feel it like it, every it makes guy it more entertaining. Every guy on the you show. say, or um, you know, I don't know. Bring Michael Vick back. Michael Vick back. Okay. Well, Eddie Royals <laughs> number five in the hot five. He's gonna get better. He caught ninety balls uh, from Jay Cutler a few years ago on the Broncos. He's a slot receiver. He's gonna be shadowing Jay Cutler a lot. A guy who likes to move around and hopefully he can get in the way of a lot of these interceptions that Jay Cutler would normally throw. Oh Lord. <laughs> number four is Stevie Johnson. Former Buffalo Bill, former San Francisco 49er and California native and mm. receiver. I think he's going to do big things in San Diego. I think I Keenan Allen is kind of under, overrated. And I think, you know, Phillip Rivers always finds that random guy who I has a got, huge season. Ugh, oh, Phillip Rivers. Oh, if I have to see him celebrate one more time. You keep finding these guys. Phillip Rivers is a beast, dude. You're finding all the guys I don't like. These Rivers, are the, these are, you've talked about the biggest crybaby quarterbacks. Phil Rivers has eight kids, and he's a pro bowler. Oh, my God. The guy can do anything. Of course he has apparently. eight kids. Yeah, <laughs> so it's Phil Rivers and Stevie Johnson, I think, have a good season at number four. Mm. Number three is Brandon Cooks. Now, when I like. Agree with that. When he was a rookie last year from Oregon State, got yeah. injured. Um, you know, was having a good season up until then. So I think him come back from injury. And Kenny Stills is gone. Jimmy Graham is gone. Yeah. Ball's got to go somewhere. Yeah, they do have to go somewhere. They're going to go everywhere um, with that offense. <laughs> Which hopefully gonna... sometimes in the end zone it happens to be Brandon Cooks. That's what I'm hoping well, it's for. A, yeah, you know, the problem is they pick somebody every week and they feed him the ball and they, you know, it, 
It's the same recipe every year with those guys. Yeah. And you, it's so sporadic, you never... Well, here's the recipe with What the Falk Show and give you information. It's the hot fives of people you need to look at. One was Eddie, Five was Eddie Rowe. Four was Stevie Johnson. Three is Brandon Cooks. Two is the one I'm most proud of. That's Tyler Eifert, tied in for yeah. Cincinnati Bengals. Again, he got injured last year. People forgot about him coming in. He's I think he might be the best offensive player on that team. Well, I like that pick. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. Well, I, I, I that think far. Andy Dalton sucks. I would take Jay Cutler over Andy Dalton any day. Andy Dalton, to me, is just not a professional quarterback. He's throwing seven-yard, eight-yard passes. Who's going to be there? It's going to be Tyler Eifert. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the guy that he throws to him and Gio, obviously, and a lot of you know, slot and uh, out of the backfield little dumpers that he's going to need to do. So Tyler Eifert, number two, check him out in your tight end. I, I don't see guys like, you know, maybe Rob, but guys like Jimmy Graham and other guys people are going to take higher. I think Tyler Eifert you can wait on and we'll get you some uh, some serious value. Number one is Allen Robinson, receiver from Jacksonville, former Penn State player, having a really good season last year before he got injured. He's already building a rapport with first year, you know, now second year quarterback Blake Bortles. He's going to find his guy. I know you actually agree with me with Allen Robinson, right? What do you think about this receiver? I think he's explosive. I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, I think you can, you can get a lot out of him. He's versatile. Um, he's definitely a guy that I'd want on my fantasy team, especially if you're talking about like guys eight through yeah. whatever. You can probably get him like the ninth round yeah. and do okay with it on a team that's probably going to pass a lot because they'll be down. So that's the hot five. Now the not five, we go to the guys that you don't want to have. This one is a kind of a career guy. I just I really didn't like him coming out of college. I thought he went too, way too high, and I was very happy that the Raiders didn't take him. And that was Kevin White out of West Virginia. I know that you also don't think this guy is going to do too much. I don't. I'm. I, I. You know, we talked about that before. I just. I don't. I don't see the uh, the big play capabilities out of him. I don't think that that he's going to have much to offer. Okay. Well, two guys next. That's going to be four and three. They're both receivers. Mm-hmm. Four is going to be Jeremy Macklin. I think it's pretty simple. Had a good season last year in the system that makes Philadelphia successful. Now he's in Kansas City with a quarterback who makes a hundred million dollars and hasn't thrown a receiver to a touchdown all last season. I mean, what, uh, he can't throw the deep ball. That's what Jerry Macklin does. I refuse to draft KC picks. You know, I've been burned by Dwayne Bow and Jamal Charles, and, you know, the list goes on. I, I just I stay away from KC, and I have for the past five years. I get that too, man. My first year of fantasy, I took Priest Holmes, number three, broke his neck out the whole year. I'll never forget that. What were you thinking? I've never taken a player since then. Number three, Sammy Watkins, second-year player at Buffalo. I know, you, Joe, you saying you saw a lot of balls bounce off his hands last season. Um, yeah, if I see one more ball bounce off that guy's hands, he was on my team. Yeah, I sat him on the bench. I told you. You're going to podcast about it. You're going to tell people we don't like him. You're going to tweet him. We tweet us at my WTF show. What's your Twitter, JP? That's what I'll do. Um, underscore JPizzle98. There you That's go. JPizzle98. Sammy Watkins is number three in our not five. We don't like him very much, especially with the quarterback situation there. And then in the winter, how windy it gets. It's just really hard to play in the passing game there in Buffalo. Yeah, he's got to fix his braids. Number two, <laughs> number two is Jimmy Graham. Tied in on a new team. I just I don't think they're going to be able to pass as much. From what he yeah. was from a first and second round pick, because he was a receiver, I don't think he's going to be necessarily a receiver in that offense. He will be a, no, more of a normal tight end. Right. They, they, he's been, uh, you know, I heard, read that he's uh, been used as blocker primarily a lot, uh, you know, right now, and he's, he's looking at a, a limited role. So he's getting back to blocking and not going to be that receiving tight end that you were looking at. So if you're looking at taking him in the second and third round, I would seriously hesitate on that. I would wait. Nope. Listen to this show. Let me give me some advice so you can tell your friends, like I'm going to tell JP and in, in what December, hey, I'm better than you. I Then that again, you never know. I could be fooling you this entire time and completely disagree with every pick that you That's made. That's a good right point. Now. And if it's true, I'd, I'd really respect you on that if you were going that far. That's like House of Cards stuff. It's called gamesmanship. Gamesmanship. And you're in, you're in the California Gamers. I'm Falcon Football. It's my name. It's a brand. We don't mess around in that league. You better be on the waiver wire. That's it's, how you win the league. You got to be on the waiver wire. It's official. Long time been doing this game. <laughs> Dang, that was great, dude. Christopher Walken, right? That was awesome. Sometimes. Can you say what the Falcon, Christopher Walken? 
you're listening to What the Falk, you know, <laughs> with Connor Falk. And, uh, you know, his boys here were doing it. That's freaking awesome. That's the first impression on the What the Falk show. Dude, thank you. JP, check him out, dude. JP Ramirez, educator and coach. Number one, last but not five, Emmanuel Sanders. I think you agreed as well. The guy is just, I mean, I don't know, man. He just he should have been hurt last season. He gave his heart out there. Right. He's going to get a lot of reception opportunities again, but he's getting hit hard eventually. I feel like he's going to miss some games. Yeah, once you get over 30, right, and you start taking those hits, it doesn't, uh, you don't bounce back the way you used to. Exactly. And I don't want to hope for injury or anything. It just makes more sense. Eventually, guys are healthy until they're not. You know, look at a guy like Arian Foster. Right. Has good seasons and starts getting injured in the middle of the season, comes back, gets injured at the end of the season, comes back, and then eventually training camp and then on another team and then done. Yeah, you know? I feel like a lot of these receivers forget, you know, a guy like Jerry Rice, a guy like Isaac Bruce, they would catch the ball and get down. They would. You know, you go yeah. back to those videos. These guys just think they can run across the middle, you know, just because the rules are in your favor doesn't mean you can't get rocked out there. Well, and the way they hold the ball, too, is like a bread loaf. They yeah. don't have it next to them. They're not just trying to go for yards. So I think that's really good you said. That shows your football acumen. You played in high school. I did as well. Before that, junior high, I started playing since I was nine. I know you started playing early, too, in the Central Valley in Fresno and Bakersfield. Football is very big, so it's just part of our life. And and uh, as a receiver, you just got to be smart. You're going to get hit. You know, if you're going in the middle, be careful. Have your head on a swivel. Yeah. Right? You gotta put your head on a swivel. You gotta put your head on a swivel. So that's some fantasy. Hot route. That's some fantasy football talk right there. Do you have any other guys maybe that you want to drop in? You know anybody you're thinking about? Um, you know, so I, out of the guys that I had last year, the one that I, you know, that you disagreed with that I felt like should be um, pretty high up on people's list, and you had him lower ranked with your receivers is Odell Beckham Jr. I think he should be up there, top three. Yeah. I just he. Look at the kind of season he had. I mean, that can't hold up. I just can't see that happening. Yeah, but I mean, you can't. Speaking of hands, you know what I mean. You can't teach hands. That get either you got it. Either you're Chris Carter, you know, or or or, you know, or you're Odell Beckham Jr. You know, um, you know, and and then the alternative is you know a Sammy Watkins or you know just you you just don't see balls bouncing off Odell Beckham Jr.'s hands if you put it in his circle. Um, in that bubble, he's going to pull it down. See, in gamers, this is what's going to happen. You're going to take Odell in the second or third because you're going to believe the hype and the fact that he's on Madden. Me, I'm going to wait. I got Victor Cruz in the seventh or eighth, a player who's going to get all those single coverages because everybody's going to be on Odell Beckham. Boo. And I just beat you week four. Falcon yeah. football. What's your what's your team name? I haven't seen it yet. I didn't realize you could predict the future. Oh, I predicted the score of the Super Bowl a week before the computer oh, did. Jesus you can check Lord. that out on our Twitter. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Tweet it out. Check it out on SoundCloud or iTunes or whatever you're listening from. Again, this is the What the Falk Show with Connor Falk. My guest right now is JP Ramirez. Kind of wrapping up our talk a little right. bit about fantasy football. Talked about True Detective Season 2 before. We talked about shows like Bar Rescue and Cycle House, which I didn't know existed. So I'm happy to have you on the show to discuss <laughs> That's that. What I'm here for. And uh, we talked about Jurassic World, how uh, you know it's probably going to end up being one of the highest grossing movies and how the you know it's it's... I still don't think it's up to par as the first one. You know, it's still yeah. not Jurassic Park. We didn't grade that. We didn't grade that exactly. Oh, okay. Well, Jurassic World, I'll give it a, I'll give it an eight out of ten. Really? Just an eight? So he's like eighty-five percent. Did you give it a B? No, I give it like a eighty-three. But then Jurassic Park one gets like an eighty-seven. Wow. Okay, I go Jurassic Park one ninety percent, and I'll go the new Jurassic Park like a ninety-two. Ninety-two. Okay, we're at that point where. You, as the guest, have had a great time. You're smiling in your college shirt like I talked about. You seem like you've had a good time talking about football, (laughs) movies, different sports. Actually, speaking of sports, I wanted to drop this in because we talked about this before. Um, I had said that I worked on Shark Tank, right? And we have a lot of guests and celebrities that come on to watch the taping. One of those guests was Alex Rodriguez. Right. Um, You know, future 
maybe not future Hall of Famer, but MLB player on the well, Yankees, former you know former Texas Ranger, former Seattle Mariner. When I was a really big, not fan in of this his. climate. He was uh, he was a very polite guy, really nice to everyone, really nice to me. Took some time to talk to me, opened the door for people and stuff. Like for a billionaire, for guys who made most money as him, I, I don't. You know, it was pretty classy. And uh, yeah. you, of all my friends, huge Yankee fan. Yes. And you've been saying how you expected... A-Rod's having a really good season right now. You expected this. You said I, he was going to come back and just be on fire. Okay, and this is what goes contrary to everything that you just said. If Do we have a second? Can I just rebute, refute? Have, you have Every, 65 seconds. Oh, Jesus. That's it? Listen, A-Rod was... <laughs> A-Rod has never been beloved. Derek Jeter was. That's the difference. You look back at that history between those two guys. They may have been best friends. They may have had a falling out. You don't really know what the story is there. Um, But that will tell you everything you need to know about A-Rod. He cares more about what other people think than, you know, anything else. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's that type of guy. And so, yeah, of course he's going to hold the door for women and be a nice guy on a show and stuff like that. But deep down, he really cares about what everybody else thinks. So everybody going out and accusing him of all this bad stuff and turning him into a villain is exactly what he wanted. Oh, so you know you're saying I mean? that he, he opened the door for me, though. I'm not a woman. I'm a man. Well, I'm American male. That's, <laughs> that's a, you know. Male chromosome. So you claim. So he, <laughs> um, No, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I think it motivated him. I think all the negativity that, you know, was surrounding his, you know, whatever, steroids, accusations and usage, whatever. Yeah. Um, what about my Dodgers? They're looking pretty good, huh? Yeah, you guys look pretty good. I don't think your bullpen's going to hold up. I get that. I got some young talent. You think we should get rid of Puig? Puig. I don't know, dude. Um, I would. I would I would have sold high at the beginning of the year when I had a chance and before all the, the you know the negativity came about. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that your, uh, your pitching as a whole will hold up down the stretch. Do you think that A-Rod retires a Yankee? Like yeah. His last game will be as a Yankee? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think that football is better than baseball? No. No? No. Do you think this is your favorite podcast you've ever been a guest on ever? I'm the minority of that. Yes, of course. It is the only the, time, but I think it's your, still your favorite time. It would be my favorite if it were my 500th. Hell yeah, dude. Bump on that. I appreciate it. So this is J.P. Mm-hmm. Ramirez, local educator, local coach. Known him a long time, coming on the show. Gave us Thank his you. insight and his analysis. You're, you're an analyst now. Thanks you just, for having you just me. just had an episode as an, an analyst. So you talked about True Detective. You told us about Bar Rescue. You talked about some fantasy football. You're big on the Rams. You like Todd Gurley. And uh, and uh, you know what you're talking about. Thanks, Jurassic, man. Kids, go read the Jurassic Park book, right? I'm very aroused. <laughs> kids, go read the Jurassic Park book. Kids. It's just as good as the movie. And, um, well, yeah, he, adults <laughs> he too. He everyone, brings, you bring up kids after it's said aroused. Wow. <laughs> Every, um, everyone can read the book. Yeah, so, I think uh, I go read a book. Go read some books. Yeah, just go read a book in general. Uh, my name's Connor Falk. This is the What the Falk Show. Each week we try to bring you all these fun things you like to listen to when you're bored. Maybe you're in traffic right now. Maybe you're at school. Maybe you don't want to listen to your boyfriend or girlfriend. You're either hearing us on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Play.it, on Facebook, on Twitter. My WTF show on any of those sites. It's What the Falk. I'm Connor Falk. I really, really appreciate you listening. I'm excited to have you on next week. Thank next, you. Next week. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening out there. We yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Next week's going to be Adam Hay, another colleague of mine and friend from college. He is actually growing organic fruits and vegetables out in Hawaii on the islands. The guy is ahead of his time and really trying to make better nutrition for all of us as human beings. I think he's going to be a really exciting interview, kind of give us some tips and trends on what to eat, what to check out, what to really watch for to find out what what is really organic and what's not. I don't want you, any of my what the fuck listeners, losing your fucking money or wasting your fucking money on the, the kind of vegetables and fruits that you don't need. So next week, check that out. Right. I'm very interested in that. I juice a lot. I've got the kids, you know, 
Yeah. So we, I so I just sold you as listener. Right. You sold me. We got a ninja recently. I'm excited ninja. about that. And so maybe he can give me some tips on you know shopping organic or okay. growing. I've got a garden out there. Organic and growing, and uh, and I just got you as listener. So hopefully anybody else listen. I just got you as well. I'm growing tomatoes. Don't give me that look. I'm growing tomato. Well, I like ketchup. So what the folk show? I'll see you next week.